what is freaking up, you guys? This is Sarah. This is Eve. And this is Burnt Out Perfectionist. <laughs> um, so today we will be talking about comparison and mindset. We really sound like we're a part of like a ritual understanding of our minds. Right, we're going to be talking about all those things that you compare yourself to, whether it's on social media or just kind of like in public. We're talking about the mental state in which you have. We are talking about all those little tiny things you have going off in the back of your head. You know, the little voice that goes, you shouldn't be doing that. You should do this because it's trendy. Those do voices. you sound like, like Chucky? <laughs> Chucky in the back. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Um, Yeah, so we want to dive in into how media has kind of controlled our impact on ourselves, and not only that, but just like our environment. A little bit of comparison back to like the generational differences that we discussed last episode. Um, So I find that my comparison mindset's fully rooted in my insecurity and perfectionism. Mm. I don't know about you. Mine is um, I'm a millennial and we're all damaged. (laughs) Is, Is that a thing? Also, um, if you didn't listen to the first episode, of course, please go back and catch up. But um, I'm a millennial, as I just stated. But I'm also a mom of a elementary school aged child, and um, I'm married, and I'm 36 years old. So I I don't know. I've been seeing some things out there how there's new and old or elder millennials and all this other stuff, but. When they separate everything into categories, I'm like, so can I have years, please? Because it used to be like, what was it, 83 to 98 was millennial. Yeah. And then from then to 2010 was Gen Z. That was my understanding. We could be incorrect. It could have been changed a million times forward. Oh, my God. It's like when baby boomers are like, it started in this year. You're (laughs) like, okay, did Google tell you that? Um, So... With Sarah being a mom, I always find it interesting because we discussed last episode about the boomer mindset of you do one thing, like you go to college, you meet your significant other, you get married, you have babies, before that you buy a house, you have three dogs, your bank has 50 grand in it, you are living life to the fullest, you work until you're 75, and then, you know, we end up in dirt. (laughs) Yep. I mean, like... So when I became an adult is when social media came in. So that was like 2005. So like the influence that that brought towards some form of a societal standard kind of started then because we, we knew what people around us and people in our community were doing, but we didn't know like overall or have any influence when it came from like products or things you need to have or anything like that. Like if you were to look back on a list of essentials for when you were having a kid back in the 90s, it probably would have been like a car seat, a stroller, and bottles. Yeah. Like that was kind of it. And maybe like um, like a pop-up playpen. Maybe something like that. But there wasn't like this upstanding specific thing that you needed you didn't need to have the $1,200 stroller you didn't which you don't need to have that stuff now obviously but there was a lot less and you were still getting a lot more out of things 
And we're also not saying that if you want those things, that it's a bad thing. Like, we are no way are minimalists. No, no. But I think definitely it's like a pipe. It's like a clogged pipe. Like, Mm -hmm. everybody's like, well, that didn't work for me, so you should be buying this. Yeah, it's like uh, you can ask for opinions, but then people also offer opinions when you don't fucking ask for them, to be totally honest. Like, a big thing is I was running with – looping back to the essentials list like we talked I talked to our mom and she would be like well these are the things that I'd had and then you and then I talked to like one of my best friends what did you get one of my other best friends whose kids were super close in age to mine and then I was just like okay I'm kind of getting similar but conflicting things so I literally googled essentials and I ended up finding one of my favorite youtubers who's uh, Rachel Loves um, who has a makeup channel, but she has, like, Rach, instead of, the, like, she takes off the E-L. Um, and she had this whole video series about, like, things that she bought with her first kid that she wouldn't buy with her second kid, and things that were quality, things that you would want to buy in quantity and don't need to spend a lot on, um, looking at for sales and stuff like that. And I, I felt like that really helped, because it was just kind of, like, at an outsider perspective, two insider perspectives, and then, like, a classic call my mom a classic she's a classic and yeah it's just kind of you know going around with those types of things when it comes to being one of the one of the many tribulations of becoming a parent the guilt that was added with it like I've seen a lot of people this is not pertaining to moms because I don't really know a lot of moms um but the guilt of not being able to purchase those things Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I've been told by these people who I look up to that you need these lists of things in order to be a great mom or a great parent or like a great dog mom or anything like that. Or even like having perfect skin. Like it's like, well, you need to follow this 10 step regiment um, in order to be pertained beautiful and have this skin and stuff, which is not helpful at all for a lot of people because that doesn't really work for everybody's skin and like I think that definitely includes a lot of insecurity because it's like well I can't afford to spend like 50 60 dollars on a moisturizer that's most likely not gonna work for me yeah I mean like that even goes back to the part of everybody had straight hair in like the early 2000s everybody was stick thin that was like the as you would call it now the it girl lifestyle back in like the 90s like you had the lucky brand jeans you had Doc Martens or you had um, K-Swiss shoes, which I don't even know if they exist anymore. Um, but you always had stick straight hair. Like you ironed that hair until it was crunchy. You had a side part. If you were emo, you had the swoop bangs in the front. Like there was a very specific look and lifestyle when it came to that. Even when it came to like the positioning of photos was down to like a very intricate of like this was the expectation and like with those trends I feel like now it's like I want to say it's the natural girl um like it looks like you don't use a lot of makeup you have very simple things it's a lot of like abstract beige oh yeah oh my god so many neutrals okay so like I understand like building a base wardrobe especially if you have like a budget or if you're just like I live in a very shoe-sized apartment. I can only afford A, B, and C type of thing. But it, it's like, I don't know when the aesthetic went from being Lisa Frank barfed everywhere 
to being like, what shade of beige do you, is the new standard? Like we used to have oversaturation when it came to like pictures. People used to curate Instagram feeds with like different colors so that way they were eye catching, all that other stuff. And then we kind of just came to like the beige neutral zone. Which like, I love a good neutral. Yeah, but the idea of neutrals doesn't, like it doesn't work for everyone. No. And that's not saying like if you feel comfortable in a good neutral, like my definition of neutrals is not beige, which like sounds kind of weird, but I'd say like my neutrals are a solid black, blue, I dress in a bruise. That's what I like to say. <laughs> I feel like everybody builds like it, instead of neutrals, it's more like the essential list of colors or the essential list of things that spark joy to you. Like I wear a lot of green uh, and it could be from evergreen all the way up to I am a hoe for a turquoise teal, always and forever. Black, white, red, blue. I think, though, like, coming to the decision that you don't need to wear neutrals is a huge thing. Like, with, well, it's not just neutrals, but, like, whatever the you're being told is, like, oh, you need to wear this, you need to wear this. And, like, that middleman of being, like, oh, well, I've accepted now I'm not wearing neutrals. Or, like, as Sarah says it, I put up neutrals and I look like I am oatmeal. Well, like, so I know you can't see what I look like, but I am, like, Casper the Friendly Ghost White. And I have brown hair (laughs) at this moment in time. That changes constantly. But I feel like if I put on brown, it's, like, brown on brown on brown, even though I have, like, hazel eyes. So... I, I just feel like it's like, oh, boring. Like, as I'm saying this, I'm wearing a black fucking hoodie. No, but it's it's definitely like, for instance, Sarah is way more like she would wear neon. Oh, yeah. I wear a lot more like muted tones and stuff like that. But it's, it doesn't, if it doesn't work for you, I feel like that's a huge bunch of, it doesn't work for you, then don't wear it. Oh, exactly. You don't have to follow the fucking trends. I mean, like, if your best friend goes and gets bangs and you get bangs and they look like trash which I saw as an example. And I I've was like, seen. are you saying that because I don't have bangs? <laughs> no. But it's just like, it, you don't have to do all of the things. You don't have to follow all of the trends. Like, sure, go try on uh, a Peplum-style shirt, which back in fucking style again. I am baffled. Oh, my God. Peplum's back? Yes. It just looks like boobs and then ruffles underneath my boobs. I don't know. It just makes me feel like I'm wearing, like, a micro mini dress. <laughs> That's nice. Right? <laughs> or like a layered cake. I don't know why. I think of peplum tops, and for me, I'm just like, cake. Yeah, it's just like not my vibe. Which is okay. And <laughs> yeah. I, for me, like, the insecurity of, like, not wanting to be like that took a lot. Because I was always like, well, why isn't my hair that color? Like, why didn't I get the genetics? Our family's genetics are fucked. Oh, they're I, so fucked. I don't know. Like, there's four of us. None of us have the same hair color. None of us have the same hair texture. None of us have the same colored eyes. Like, I have dark brown eyebrows. I have hazel eyes. My natural hair color is, like, mousy brown. It's now trendy. And, like, our other siblings, one of them has super curly hair. The other one has super coarse hair. Very, like, you, we all look related, but it's not like when you have sisters that are like, oh, we both have the same colored eyes. We both have the same colored this. Like, that was not our family at all. Which I was, it wasn't damaging to me as a kid, but it was just like, okay, so my older sister 
can wear this, and she looks great in it. I put it on, and I look like a potato. We also all look related. And all of our, yeah, I mean, like, everything about us is all unique. I mean, everybody's unique unless you have an identical twin. So usually there's. I know, but there wasn't as much of the possibility of, like, looking up, like, physically. Mm -hmm. Because I played, like, a lot of sports in high school, and especially tennis, I would lose a lot of weight, be super tan, and and have a bum, which was a prime time in my life. But, for instance, any other time of the year, like, I would tan. Sarah did not tan for a long time. Like, uh-uh. she would go outside. She was she really had that Irish gene of, like, walking outside and burn. No, it's what is mel- melanin? Mel- she's melanin? Yeah, there you go. I can't say it. But, and that, that kind of, to me, was just like, oh, okay, so... My sister can wear this. She can do this, this, this. I put it on, and I don't feel comfortable myself. There must be something wrong with me. Not that my body's, like, different, but I'm like, oh, my God. I can't even be like my sister. Yeah, I mean, there there is that, which is so funny. Like, you had that, and then there was, like, me when I was growing up. I didn't have – I didn't have – I was the – I'm the oldest. Mm-hmm. So I was essentially like by myself for eight years with mom and dad. So I really had nobody kind of else to look at. Everybody else tanned more. Nobody else was really pale. And I was just essentially told that I looked like a miniature version of my aunt all the time. Yeah. And like, I feel like to a lot of people, like, this is like not pertaining. Like for me, I don't see a lot of people that have hazel eyes that are super pale that have, my head is so big. That, like, have that. Full of brains. Full of brains. But for a long time, I remember growing up, blonde, blue-eyed was the only thing that I saw. And, like, I remember, like, my grad fashion show night. The night before, I had to look there and be like, how do you do makeup? Because I was like, everything that I'm looking up has blue eyes. Well, that was a big thing. I know you're looking up at blue eyes. If someone's like, how did she not wear makeup until that point? Our parents basically were like, if you don't wear makeup, you won't really screw up your skin. Like, because there's so many changes that happen. And to be totally frank, none of us really gave a fuck. Like, they were just like, you know, you you want to make sure you, you respect your skin. There's a lot of shit that's in makeup. Especially when I was, like, in school. Oh, yeah, like, there was chalky, terrible, probably full of asbestos stuff. <laughs> probably. But radioactive. But... I think that was cool, but, like, a lot... I remember there was, like, a group of people. There's always a group of people that, like, make up in high school. They would change it up every year. Like, you see it now with, like, the 2016 eyebrows. Oh, yeah. Please, God, no. Mine just grew back. It took me an entire mat leave and then an extra year to assist with stopping myself. Maybe it was just the, like, utterly being so fucking tired and just adjusting my my brain path to what my new life was in order to grow my eyebrows back. I actually have eyebrows now. She does have eyebrows. And the other thing too is not even just like comparison of looks, but like comparison of lifestyle. Oh yeah. Like the, I call it the toxic productivity lifestyle. I don't know if anybody's trended that, but it's when you like go on YouTube and you have people who have like their day in the lives, which like good on them that they have this opportunity. Half of those are fucking fake though. Mm-hmm. Even other people say that all the time. But like not even like the 6 a.m. lifestyle. Like these people who get up at like 10.30 a.m. and they're like, oh, I just get up. And I'm like, I've already been at work for four hours. Like, Oh, my day starts at 5.30 a.m. Like I get up, I get myself ready. Then at 6 a.m. I 
wake up my six-year-old. So that is either a bear or the most delightful angel you've ever met. Yeah. My husband's already up kind of doing things in the background. I'm getting her ready. I'm doing her hair. I'm making sure food and stuff is ready. I'm compiling lunches, whether it's for all of us or some of us. My husband's in the background throwing whatever he can into the air fryer that is edible. And um, somebody's making coffee. There's there's at least one person. Then we're out the door by 6.50 a.m. So when I watch these like inspirational, I woke up at 5 a.m. or 5.30 videos, I kind of laugh. I'm like, that's that's a day in my life. Like I didn't choose to wake up that early. My life dictated that I had to wake up early in order to prepare for that. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I, like the people that wake up later or they, they stay up until like one o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, how? Or they, they get all, like, they get a million things done in one day. And I'm like, I don't have like you, for you, you would have like your kid come up to you and be like, mommy, I need this. I need this. And so it's not like, it's not even like singlehood. But it's just like, oh, I'm going to do a load of laundry, and then I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do grocery shopping. And I'm like, what grocery stores are you going to that you're not overwhelmed and stressed out and people don't yell at you? Oh, my God. I get hit with the fucking cart all the time. It's all the time. And I'm like, how, one, how do you have the energy for that? And they're like, oh, I just so gracefully do it. And then you see these people come out, like, years later, like, oh, what's her name? The, the does the spark joy lady. Oh, Marie Kondo. Marie Kondo, who, like, yeah. just came out after she had a kid. She goes, I don't care she if it has, sparks joy. She has three kids now. She and she said that she has three kids. She said that she realized there's things that spark joy and how much her mindset has changed since her life has changed. So there's not really those little things that spark joy. She said she's probably going to come out with another book, which would be sweet. I mean, I'd be down for another Netflix special to watch because you know what? Stuff like that does work for, it does work for people. And the fact that she's stating it out in public and recognizing that like, you know what, that might not be sustainable for everybody when that was kind of like the everything of TikTok during Mm -hmm. the freaking pandemic. Like, there was all those things. There was basically, like, ditch all your clothes and get matching sweatsuits, um, which I was like, which was bitch, I've been crazy. rocking leggings and sweatpants and sweatsuits that match all the freaking time. I remember the first video we saw when it was like, oh, pull out your pair of leggings. Do this, do this, do this. And I sent it to Sarah, and I was like, lol. <laughs> this is RDS. I always made a joke that Eve and I were built for the pandemic lifestyle. I was built for virtual at home. Like I, I wear comfy things and I wear comfy things because that is what I'm comfortable in. And that is how many fucks I think I should give about what I wear every day. And kind of like with the Marie Kondo thing, when she came out with that story, I started talking to my mom and Sarah and I was like, you know, cause it's a common thing, common statement to say, I don't have time for it. Yeah. And I reached the point of annoyance that I was like, I don't give a fuck if you don't have time for it. You've chosen to use that time for other opportunities. And my mom told some of her people at work, and I, she was like, yeah, I'm not allowed to say I don't have time for it. Because Eve is like, no, you choose to use other opportunities. Which I think is a huge thing. Like, we all have 24 hours in the day. We all, well, it's not really 24 hours. We all have like a solid 10 hours in the day. We all make our decisions of what our priorities are that day. 
And just because I decided that I didn't want to do a load of laundry today doesn't mean that I'm a crabby person. Yeah, it's like associated that time loss, right? Like you're sitting there and you're like, okay, like I'll make a list and I'll make a list of things. And sometimes I make what I call a micro list of things. So it'll be like laundry's on the list, but I also have fold, put it away, Uh, put another load on, like stuff like that. So that way, like it depends on my mood. Sometimes I have to check those things off in order to feel like I have to have subtasks in order to feel like I've achieved said thing instead of just laundry. Because if I look at laundry as a whole thing and I've got a mountain of laundry because my husband went away on a business trip, my kids had two or three activities and everything's just kind of like gone by the wayside, then that is a lot of pressure to put on one person to completely clear all that out. So it was like intentionally making time for things. So... I, I was just like, okay, every night I'm going to put on a load of laundry and that'll help. But when I put on that load of laundry, I am going to put it in the dryer or hang it up because I'm a giant. Um, and then I'm going to intentionally fold it and put it away right away. It took me over a month to make that a normal thing in my life. Now, is my kitchen still a shit of a mess? Yes, it fucking is. But is it my responsibility to always do stuff like that? No, it's not. Well, exactly. And, like, our mom makes a list before any sort of part of time that she has off, any vacation she has. Mom is a list queen. She is a list queen. (laughs) There's always lists everywhere. And by the end of the time off, like, it could be the weekend or something, she always says, oh, I had so many aspirations to do so many more things. And I'm like well cool this is what you accomplished why are you pointing out what you didn't do so it's like an a lack of appreciation for the things that you've done that now like I could have done the whole kitchen clean the kitchen mop the floor did the bathrooms and be like oh it's so nice when I just walk into the bathroom and I know where everything is but I didn't have time to vacuum the couch and it's like oh well like I did this but like I didn't do something and it's like holding the things that you didn't do over your head Instead of appreciating, like, look at how much I did today. You're, like, totally setting yourself up for, like, failure. Yeah. Like, you're adding complete chaos to your brain for no reason. So, example, say, like, you go, like you said, you go into the kitchen, you you get the dishes done. But after the dishes are dry, you go to put them in the cupboard, and you realize, I do not know what happened, but the last person who put the dishes away stood in front of everything, and just, it looks like they just threw them in. Like, they're not put in the right not even just like the right way i'm not they're not OCD, even the right cabinet half but the time. it's but that's the whole thing is it's just like oh okay so I'll, I'll clean this up and then you're like well i cleaned up this cupboard maybe i should check the other ones and you go through and you do that and then you sit back and you're like oh well i spent a lot of time in the kitchen but i didn't get all these other things done but like you i sweep the i like sweeped cleaned decluttered, got rid of all the extra, like, look at all the shit I did. Like, I did a full kitchen makeover, but I was like, oh, I didn't get all the things done on my list, so. And I think your, one of your coworkers said something that I thought was really cool, and, like, I didn't get it down word for word, but kind of with, like, work ethic, whether it be, like, home life or actual work, it feels like sometimes you're giving 100% and everybody else is, like, giving your 20%. So their 100% is 20% of your work. And you're like, but I need to do everything all at once. 
that was probably the best advice that was given to me. Um, hopefully that person is listening to this podcast and knows how inspirational she was. Um, that that's a big thing is you're like, like Eve just said, you're a hundred percent is somebody else's 110% or your hundred percent is, or your 20% of your hundred percent is somebody else's hundred percent. Like we all commit a different amount and we all figure these things out and those will vary for you over time. And I think that kind of I, when I was talking to this person, a big thing that came up is I worked in a extremely corporate job for 10 years. And in that 10 years, I, I was 20. And then when I left, I was 30 years old and my life had changed so dramatically. Like I went from being like a fun, aspirational, I want to work my way up in the company, like, and, and then party on the weekend girl to a to a mom first then yeah. a wife I know controversial oh. and living with somebody and like there were so many different things that changed and I had other people to factor into my life and it's really funny because I was when I was in my 20s I was totally that girl because I would have different shifts I would I'd wake up in the morning I'd go to the gym for an hour and a half two hours I'd have a shower I'd then go to the grocery store I would get any appointments I had done first and then I would go to work. So I was that girl in my 20s and then I would go to work and then I would go out with my friends and party and have fun and come home at two or three in the morning and then just hit repeat. But realizing that A, my mindset for work was unhealthy as fuck. I would work overtime. Like when I left, I had so much bank time and overtime that I got over two weeks worth of payback. And I had only been back at work for four months off of mat leave. And I was constantly trying to like adjust my mindset. So I knew going into another job, I wasn't going to overcommit. I wasn't going to always say yes. I wasn't going to constantly feel like what I was doing wasn't enough because that's bullshit. And I think for, like, a non-mom mindset for me, when I first started working, I had that mindset of, like, oh, I'm going to put my hand in, like, all of these other things. There's all of these, like, magical things that I want to make better. And it was like a concrete wall would hit me. And it was like, no, that's not good enough at this time. And you're like, well, I would hold my self-worth to being accepted for these extra things and being, like, appreciated for those other things. Mm -hmm. And then after a while, I was like... Nah, I'm, I'm just going to do the job that I'm here for. Like, I'm not going to do this long list of things that, yeah, benefits everybody else, but my job benefits people. I'm making sure that the people that I work with are, we have like a really healthy environment instead of risking myself and putting myself in a very complex position just so that other people are benefited. And I talked to one of my colleagues quite a bit about this over... I'd say a couple months ago and they were like okay so you'll you'll take on this bit of bit more work but and it helps out more people but what does that do to you that just makes you more stressed out and I'm like but it benefits other people so then other people are happy and I think there was like a trend going on that was like if you say something negative to yourself say it to your younger self I personally think if you think of yourself as an entirely separate person, 
like if you're a very big people pleaser, such as myself, <laughs> then if I think of myself as a totally different person, what would I do? Would I allow that person to do it? No. So why am I allowing myself to do it? Oh, you mean like give advice to yourself like you're your own best friend? But I actually have to like make a separate person because I'd feel like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I, I just, that's the funny thing is like when it's, say it to your younger self, I think of you when you were little. You don't think of your child? Sometimes I do. It depends on the situation. Like if I'm looking to balance like family work life things or something that I'm trying to think of, like sometimes when you're sitting there and you're watching a movie with like your, with like my kid. And then um, I see that, like, say, like, my husband's, like, on TikTok or whatever. Like, he's zoning out in his own way. I'm, like, I'm watching a movie with her right now. Like, this is so much fun. And, like, we have, like, a little discussion. But there's that little voice in the back of my head that's, like, but you know what you could do? You could pause the movie right now. You could totally put on a load of laundry. So you're doing it. Learning to disassociate multitasking. I think I'm a toxic multitasker. I think also... Seeing recreational activities or entertainment as a need. Mm -hmm. Because, like, yeah, eating's a need, obviously. Drinking water and all of those things. And that kind of goes with the boomer mindset. Like, if I have food, if I have water, if I have a house, or if I have, I have a home, a place of living, then I'm okay. I don't need anything else. But, like, I watch this girl on TikTok, and she makes, like, fun things that are in, like, shakes of food that are room decor, and I watched them, I'm like, oh, this really brightened my day. <gasps> oh my gosh, that girl who looks like Julie Stiles. Yes! Oh, I love her. I, I always forget people's names. I feel really poor. I should note these down. But that little, it's like a little dopamine boost, and I'm like, oh, this is so nice. This is so great. And then I'm able to, like, appreciate other things and be like, oh, well, I got this done. But I also got to, like, spend time and do this. Like, I always say I'm allergic to relaxing, because I'm allergic to my own tears, which is a fun fact. I'm also allergic to lavender, which is relaxing, and peppermint, and a list of other things. But every time I would sit down and be like, yeah, I'm going to relax. I'm going to go watch a movie. I'm going to go do this. And it wasn't like that instant dopamine that you get from like a TikTok video. Mm-hmm. I was like, what's the point of this? Why am I not doing this? Why am I not doing this? And the interesting thing, too, like the conclusion that I came to is when we were starting when we were starting this podcast act like we didn't just post our first episode not that long ago but I had to do everything by myself and I'm like "Ah, I can figure it out if Sarah wanted a balayage I would look it up on YouTube and figure out how to do it oh when she did a fucking prime one every hairdresser was like oh my god where'd you go and I was like um my sister who's a healthcare worker did it and they're like what I'm like, yeah, apparently she, like, watched up online and did it. It was great. Yeah, but when we were doing this, I was like, okay, I'm not a social media person. So I was like, I'll figure out how to do, like, Instagram. I'll figure out how to, like, do those sort of stuff um, in general. And then when it came to the point of editing the video, the audio, I was like, yeah, um, this is not for me. Like, I cannot do this. This is not my jam. And how did you feel? about releasing that to somebody else um I'm still really controlling so it, it was it was odd because I have it like I've had discussions with Sarah in the past about this that it can be kind of infuriating because I would just figure out how to do something and I was just like 
I just like I just don't care enough to do it. Like I not that I don't care, but like I just this is just not for me. And when I sent it to her, there was a little bit of a celebration that there was something Eve wasn't good at. Yeah, I know. Like Eve is always is one of those people who can pick things up, which is apparently an ADHD trait, which is great. Love a hyperfixation. I I think a lot of what you're talking to stems from things that we're pushed into doing that we don't want to do. Um, who else? Put up your hand if you have PTSD from group projects. Ah, oh, group projects. Past corporate life. Um, I had a lot of group project scenarios, and I just kind of rolled with it myself. Right. Um, where I am now, everybody has a very different mindset. A, I was doing like eight different jobs with one title at my old job. My new job, I'm literally doing one. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I, I passed this off to somebody else. They're like, yeah. I'm like, oh, that, okay. And I've learned to like release it like as a celebration of like, I have done what I need to do. And now I'm passing it on to this other magical individual that I can trust because I had massive trust issues at my old job. And when I started this new one, I was just like, I'm not going to have trust issues. I'm going to trust that they hire people that are just as competent and pass it off. And even when we have those times where, you know, maybe something fell through the cracks, we do a retro, nobody gets shit on and we figure out what we can do next. What kind of list, what kind of alert, what kind of task can we create? Can, and it just makes it better. I can definitely see, though, like, I, well, I was, Sarah and I talk all the time, but at the beginning of when you started working, um, we'd be talking about, like, group projects, and there's always, like, for me, there's always this, like, pre-anxiety. Like, when I know that something's happening, I'm like, oh, my God. And I can't, like, I forget about it and don't reflect on it. And, like, now with um, this new job that she has, she'll be doing a job. She'll finish her part of it. And she'll be like, okay, it's done. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is so much healthier than what the fuck was going on before. I know. I would, I, I mean, I've, I'm a very anxious person. I did talk about this before, but it's, it's that stemming, like, <gasps> and now instead of being like, oh, my God, okay, I'm going to hit send. Or I'm going to check it off on my list and then it's going to disappear. Like, I, I'm now like, oh, heck yeah. Let's go press that complete button. That's be done. It gets passed on to the next person and I'm good to go. I kind of think, too, like, I'm at the beginning of that journey. Like, yeah. When I, when I clicked, like, post for, like, the first episode, I was like, part of me was like, oh, shit, we're actually doing this. And then the other part of me was like, Oh, shit, we're doing this. Like, I put a lot of effort and anxiety onto my, like, perfectionism. And, like, perfectionism to me, like, that's why we're called burnt-out perfectionist, um, is this, like, unexplained hold that you have on yourself to be perfect when perfect is undefined. And, like, um, there's a magnet that our dad on the fridge that says, nobody is perfect, I am perfect. I am nobody, therefore I am perfect. And, like, that magnet, I feel like, is something that I've definitely started to live off of now. And that'll kind of end our episode today. I was going to say, now you can follow through Eve finding herself. You didn't get 20 to 30-year-old Sarah, but hopefully this will continue to go on and you can see how you evolutionized or whatever it is. My kid's really into Pokemon right now, so... We can kind of provide you updates on if it's improving, not improving, but also improving for the people who are maybe having a midlife crisis. 
mm-hmm. or a quarter of a midlife crisis or just trying to find yourself. Crisis? <laughs> Do you feel constantly lost? This is the podcast for you. And we'll kind of add it off there. So we always like to say keep warped. Keep warped. Wow. One, two, three. Keep as warped and twisted as ever. And have a lovely day. Peace. Peace.